Hey, it's Chris Freeland, and you're listening to the Doxology Bible Church Podcast. If you want to know more about who we are or learn to connect with us, please visit doxology.church. Most of all, we hope the following message will help you take the next step in your faith journey, whatever it is. In Scripture, it says that Stephen looked up to heaven and he saw God, and he saw Jesus standing next to his father, looking at him, which was confirmation that in this moment when Stephen is dying, he saw Jesus. And that was exactly what I needed to hear so that I could know that when whatever was happening to Molly, that she knew that he was with her. And that in an instant, from the moment she was alive to the moment she died, she was in the arms of Jesus. And and that's what I carried with me to help quiet the fears that would come up in my mind. She wasn't alone. He was with her in that moment, and she has been with him ever since that moment. Doxology Bible Church is proud to present EverStory, launching wherever you listen to podcasts on June 6th. EverStory is a weekly, seasonal podcast featuring Christ-centered stories of hope and transformation, told by people just like you. No chit-chat, just raw, powerful stories. Stories inspire us to connect with each other in real, tangible ways. With stories, we're able to glorify a God who relentlessly pursues us. Mark 16:15 tells us to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. Stories embody who we are as Christians. Without them, Paul's letters would have never been shared. Without stories, a person with Christ in their heart might never find the courage to bring the word to their neighbor. Without stories, the Great Commission never occurs. Check in with us often as we introduce stories about the way Jesus' radical love is moving in truly awesome ways. Find EverStory wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow Doxology Bible Church on Facebook or Instagram at Doxology Bible. Want to share your story or know someone who might? Send us an email to stories at doxology.church. Because everyone has a story. Hey, it's Chris Freeland, and you're listening to the Doxology Bible Church Podcast. If you want to know more about who we are or learn to connect with us, please visit doxology.church. Most of all, we hope the following message will help you take the next step in your faith journey, whatever it is. Well, this past Wednesday, I got a phone call from Ashley that I wasn't too excited to get. Uh, She had gone to pick up our our daughter from gymnastics, and when she got to our minivan and tried to start it after getting Conley from her class, nothing. Nothing. Our van was dead. So Ashley calls me to, to tell me what's going on, and I drive to where they are and to see what I can do about our van. Now, I know some of you watching this are are mechanically inclined, but that ain't me. I have one bullet in my gun when it comes to fixing and maintaining a vehicle. If it cannot be fixed with a set of jumper cables, I am absolutely useless. And so I show up and I I fire my one bullet. You know, I I hook up my car to our van uh, with our jumper cables. I, I let it charge for about five minutes. I try to start our van nothing. 
it still won't start. And now I have no idea what to do. And I was frustrated. I was frustrated because there was a problem that needed to be fixed. And I didn't have the skills to fix it. I was frustrated because there was a task that someone was asking me to do. And I didn't have the knowledge I needed to do it. I lacked the adequate resources I needed to get the job done. And it was frustrating. The story does have a happy ending, though. As I was sitting there being frustrated, Ashley remembered that she signed us up for AAA a few months earlier. Praise Jesus. Uh, this, the guy in the tow truck shows up, and guess what the problem was? Our battery was dead. <laughs> he charged the battery, and the van ran just fine. Turns out I don't even know how to fire my one bullet that I thought I had. I am officially the most helpless person on the planet when it comes to maintaining a vehicle. Hey, kind of with it, though, I have a question I want you to think about this morning. Do you ever find yourself frustrated? Because sometimes it feels like God is asking you to do something that you don't have the resources to do. Have you ever tried to maybe overcome sin habits in your life, only to find yourself continuing to fall into the same old traps? Parents, do you genuinely want to raise your kids the way God wants you to raise them? But you keep finding yourselves in situations, in circumstances, where you don't know what to do. Does it ever feel like the longer you go in your Christian walk, instead of being more certain about your faith, you find yourself having more doubts and less answers? Does it ever feel like God is asking you to live a certain kind of life, but he has forgot to give you the resources that you need to actually pull it off? Hey, if you've ever felt that frustration, I've got some good news for you this morning. What if I told you that God has in fact given you the one resource you need to prepare yourself to not only be the person he wants you to be, but to be able to accomplish any task he will ever ask you to do. Go ahead and make your way to 2 Timothy chapter 3, or you can scan the QR code on your screen. Uh, we're in week 3 of our study of the book of 2 Timothy titled No Regrets. Uh, where we're trying to answer the question, how do we ensure that our life tells the story we want it to tell? Um, in chapter 1, we saw that a life without regrets requires risk. And we have to be willing to suffer for Jesus. Last week, Jay walked us through chapter 2 and the need uh, to fight against complacency in our lives. Well, this morning, we're going to see what God has given us to prepare ourselves to live the type of life that Paul has actually described in these first two chapters. What resource has God given us to enable us to live a life with no regrets. Hey, let's find out. In order to tap into this resource, uh, Paul begins by telling Timothy to, to look not for something new, but something he was already very familiar with. Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in, in verse 14. Pa Paul starts out, he says, But as for you, continue. Okay, Paul begins by commanding Timothy to, to continue. To continue, it, it means to not move, to, to hold your position. It means to, to stay put. 
So, so what, what was Timothy to continue in? Uh, back to verse 14 says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of. That phrase, have learned, it carries the idea of something that was learned with intentionality. Okay, it didn't happen by accident. Timothy, he had a plan and a goal. He, he, he pursued something on purpose for a purpose. Now, and able to be able to play sports at, at the school I went to growing up, uh, beginning in the seventh grade, we had to participate um, in an off-season conditioning program. Uh, I'll never forget our first day of, of working out. Our coach took us to the bleachers at our football stadium and told us he wanted to introduce us to a friend of his, uh, some woman named Jane Fonda. Now, Jane Fonda was a little before my time, so I'd never heard of the Jane Fonda workout videos. It uh, turns out what our coach was actually introducing us to was an exercise he got from those videos. Step-ups. So one day, uh, our, our coach lines us up on the bottom of the bleachers, and for the next 30 minutes, we stepped up and stepped down. Stepped up and stepped down. Stepped up and stepped down. I mean, we were dying. Okay, I thought my legs and my lungs were going to explode. When we finished, we could barely walk down the ramp of the bleachers. Hey, but at least they were over. Or so we thought. You see, the next day we showed back up to the football field and our coach said, hey, head to the bleachers, boys. Jane's waiting for us. I'm like, coach, we just, we just did these yesterday. He said, yeah, and you're, you're going to do them again today. And you're going to do them again tomorrow, too. In fact, we might do this one single exercise every day for the rest of the semester. In essence, he was saying, hey, we're going to continue with these. I, I have a plan and a goal for you. We're, we're, we're pursuing something here on purpose for a purpose. Jane Fonda became a single, daily, repeated habit in my life. And you know what happened as a result of doing the, the, those all semester long? Jane Fonda changed me. Now, if we would have stopped after the first day, all I would have gotten is sore. But because that exercise became a single daily repeated habit in my life by the end of that semester i was bigger i was stronger and I, I was faster than i had ever been before paul tells timothy to continue in what you have learned and become convinced of keep going stay with it form single daily repeated habits in your life well, let's keep reading and we'll see exactly what it is we are supposed to continue in and why? He says, but as for you, continue what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Paul commands Timothy to continue in the holy scriptures. That phrase, holy scriptures, it's the phrase, heros grama. Other versions of the Bible, they translate this as the word sacred writings. This was a phrase used to refer to the Jewish scriptures or, or our, our Old Testament that we have today. The scriptures are, are what Timothy is supposed to continue in. But notice the reason he gives them to continue in the scriptures. 
He says it's because, it's because you know those from whom you learned it, from infancy. Don't miss out on this because it's incredibly important, especially for parents, okay? Listen, a whom outweighs a what every single time. Parents, as a father of a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old, I'm talking to myself here, here, it is no use calling our children to be faithful to a, to a what if they can't see it in a whom. Okay, a whom, it outweighs a what every single time. Paul commands Timothy to continue in the scriptures because of whom he learned them from. Next, he's going to tell us more about what. Okay, what is, what is so special about the Bible? Verse 16, it says, All scripture. Okay, all scripture. Now this word for scripture, it's different than the word that he used in verse 15. This is the word graphe. It's a, it's a term New Testament writers commonly use in the early church, not only of the Old Testament, but it also included God's newly revealed word from the apostles, which is what makes up our, our present-day New Testament. Okay, when Paul says all scriptures here, he was referring to what constitutes our, our present-day Bible. Okay, back to verse 16. It says, all scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed. Breathe. Listen closely. If you hear nothing else I say this morning, please hear this. This, this book in my hand, this is, this is no ordinary book. Okay, it is, it is God's, God breathed. That, that, that means what, what God exhales. Okay, the source of this book, it, it, it's God himself. God divinely superintended the accurate recording of his divinely breathed truth by his divinely chosen men so that the words on these pages are his very words, his very breath. These are God's own words. This is God's own word in his own words. This is no ordinary book. Now listen, that, 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 that's a big statement. So how do we know it's true? Well, one way we know it's true is because there is a line of men and women throughout history who would say, the word of God has changed my life. I can tell you about the African theologian, St. Augustine, who around the 4th or 5th century, Augustine was living in blatant sexual immorality. One afternoon he was sitting in his garden when he hears a little girl saying, pick it up and read, pick it up and read. Well, hearing her say those words, it compels him to go to the scriptures. He picks up his Bible, begins to read it, gets radically saved, and he becomes a major force for the things of God. We could look at Martin Luther, okay, the founder of the Protestant Reformation. You know, we go to this church today instead of a Catholic church because of Martin Luther. For, for years, Luther struggled with how he could be made right with God. Then one day, sitting in a monastery, Luther reads Romans 1.17, which says, The righteous shall live by faith. As he reads those words, the breath of God transforms his life. And he ends up leading the Protestant Reformation. I could tell you the story of Chris Freeland, our pastor, who as a freshman in college read this book from cover to cover in one week. And from that time on, from that time in his Bible, 
He gained an understanding of God's grace that transformed his life. History is filled with people who played with the fire of the word of God. And their lives were changed. And I know that's a testimony of many of you who are watching this morning as well. The Bible, it, it transforms us. This, this is no ordinary book. This book we, we call the Bible, it's actually 66 books. Okay, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, written by 40 different authors. From the time the first writer, Moses, started to write until John, the last author, writes, 1,500 years elapsed between the two of them. And yet there is unity in the Bible. Okay, 40 different authors writing over a span of 1,500 years, and every one of them point to the same person, Jesus Christ. Do you know how stunningly unique that is? It's like me going to all 50 governors of the United States of America and saying to each of them individually, I, I want your state to turn in a contribution for, for a national monument. So independent of each other, these governors start submitting their artistic pieces to me. And when I get them all and when we put them all together, out pops the Statue of Liberty. If that happened, you would rightfully say that, that that's no coincidence. You would say someone oversaw that and orchestrated it all. And we would say the same thing about the Word of God. This, this, this book was put together by the living, breathing God. This, this, this is no ordinary book. We moved two days ago, and so this weekend I, I was unpacking some of my books. I, I love some of these books. But as much as I, as I love A.W. Tozer's knowledge of the holy, it, it's not the breath of God. As much as I love the, the Master Plan of Evangelism by, by Robert Coleman, a book God has used maybe more than any other to shape my view of ministry, God didn't breathe on that book. He's breathed on one all scripture is God breathed. Every time you open your Bible, you are inhaling the very breath of God. This is no ordinary book. So what will this book accomplish in our lives? Rest of verse 16 says, all scripture is God breathed. And is useful for, for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Paul tells Timothy that the scripture is useful. Okay, the Bible builds us. Specifically, he says the scriptures are useful for building us in four unique ways. At first, he says the scriptures are, are useful for teaching. Okay, this doesn't refer to the style of teaching, uh, uh, but to the content of our teaching. You know, our, our, our doctrine. Scripture shows us... Uh, what is right? Second, the scripture is useful for rebuking. Okay, it shows us what is not right. Listen, there are times you're going to read the Bible and it's going to rub up against your life. It's going to reach out, smack you on the hand and say no. Scripture, it's also useful for correcting. It shows us how to get right. This idea, it carries the idea of restoring something to its original and proper condition. 
The, the scriptures, they're, they're the Invisalign for the Christian life, okay? They take what is out of alignment and, and they bring it back into alignment. And finally, the scriptures are useful for training in righteousness. They, they show us how to stay right. This carries the idea of bringing a, a person from immaturity to maturity. You get in this book and you will grow. Paul commands Timothy, you need to continue in the scriptures because they will build you. Well, what would the final result be in our lives when we continue in God's word? Last verse, verse 17. It says, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Listen, everything you need for joy, everything you need for encouragement, everything you need for ministry, everything you need to be a parent, everything you, you need for peace, everything you need for victory, everything you need for, you, for your life to leave an impact on this world, it's not on Amazon. It's in this book. Here's the point. The Bible builds us to live the life we want to have. The Bible builds us to live the life we want to have. Continuing in the scriptures thoroughly equips us. They give us everything we need to know God and to live out his purpose for our lives. It's all in here. This book, it builds us. The Bible builds us to live the life we, we, we really want to have, a life with no regrets. Hey, so how do we do it? How do we build that type of life? How do we continue in the scriptures? Single, daily, repeated habits. Single, daily, repeated habits. You know how long it takes to read the entire Bible from cover to cover over the course of a year? 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes a day. Can you find 15 minutes a day to build the single, daily, repeated habit of reading God's Word? I mean, we have in our possession the very expression of God's very person. We have in our possession the very expression of God's heart, of His mind, and of His will for our lives. Form the single, daily, repeated habit of reading the Word. And the Bible will build you to live the life that you really want to have. Hey, last story will be done. When our, our kids were, were infants, uh, they each responded to bath time um, in very different ways. Okay, My oldest, Cooper, he hated bath. I mean, the moment his skin touched the water, he would start screaming, okay? He would kick, he would cry the entire time. Uh, so because he resisted it so much, uh, typically we're getting him in, in and, and out of there as fast as we possibly could. I mean, sometimes we made it to the, to the soap, sometimes we didn't. Uh, more often than not, he'd come out of his bath time smelling just as bad as he did whenever he went in. My daughter, on the other hand, she loved bath time. She'd sit in her little baby tub and she'd laugh and she, she would giggle the whole time. So because she accepted her, her bath and she didn't fight against it, 
we always got to the soap. And as a result, she always came out of her bath time clean and smelling great. Now, both of my kids had the same people giving them baths. Me and their mom. Mostly their mom, I'll just be honest. Uh, the same materials were used for their baths. Same tub, same water source, same soap. But bath time had a very different result for each of them. One still stunk, while the other came out clean. Now listen, the difference in their hygiene had nothing to do with the materials used or the person giving them their, their bath. But it had everything to do with their willing submission to the role of a bath in their lives. You know, whether or not our lives will have more or less regrets will be a direct reflection of our willingness to submit to the authority of the resource God has made available to us. His word. He doesn't promise your life will be easy. But he does promise that if you continue in his word, you don't have to be frustrated. He promises you that the, that the scriptures will thoroughly equip you for whatever life may send your way. Continue in his word. Submit to its authority in your life. And the Bible will build you. It will build you to live the life that you really want to have. Hey, let me pray for us this morning. Father, thank you. Uh, thank you for, for this book. Uh, thank you for your word. Thank you that we don't have to, to wonder what you're like, to, to wonder um, your will for our lives. But God, you took it and you, you put it in, in a form of communication uh, that we could understand. God, thank you that you don't live us to you don't leave us to live a life uh, and, and don't resource us to do it. I uh, thank you for your scriptures, Lord, that they are God breathed and that they are useful in our life. That they teach us, they rebuke us, they correct us, they train us, Lord, they equip us uh, to live the life that you've called us to live. Father, I pray that we would submit to its authority in our life, and God, you would use it to build us and ultimately to bring you glory. Uh, we pray all this in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Doxology Bible Church podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. If you're ever in the Fort Worth area, we'd love to worship with you in person at one of our services. For more information on service times and location, visit doxology.church.